Gooding as he took the proffered bumper. Praise God by all means, Nathan, but do not confuse the divine with the commercial. Thank him that we were not committed to the Baltic trade when war broke out there, or that we've avoided capture in the Mediterranean where English ships have been seized. Pressed with a glass of wine, Gooding succumbed to his brother-in-law's charm. It was difficult to stay angry with him for more than a moment or two, no matter what his conscience told him. There was that confidence in the old seaman that Gooding so envied, for he had always been a man of business, and he knew himself inadequate to the task of commanding a ship. Nevertheless, he knew that his own skill in negotiating freight rates and brokering deals was fundamental to the continuing success of their joint enterprise. He also knew with the deep-seated conviction of a fierce and private faith, that much of this was directly attributable to his personal devotion to the Lord God and the godliness of his own life. Sometimes, however, he feared that God would set aside his personal rectitude and take issue with the casual blasphemies of Faulkner, his partner and brother-in-law, notwithstanding the additional saintly atmosphere engendered by his own sister and her children— to whom Faulkner, the erstwhile cavalier naval officer, had returned after a long estrangement. Gooding had a habit of regarding life not, as Faulkner did, as a series of causes and effects to be batted at or manipulated, but as an ever-rolling balance sheet in which good was constantly weighed against bad, and from which consequences flowed. The question that constantly tormented Gooding was whether or not those consequences included an eternal life in the Holy Presence, or... He could never quite comprehend the pains of eternal torture in hellfire, but alongside what he feared, the public hanging, drawing, and quartering of a condemned traitor seemed a mild enough fate. Faulkner was untroubled by such frightful perturbations. "'How were the men?' the old sea captain asked of his son. Tolerable, father. I had trouble with two who roistered ashore at Port Royal and debauched themselves most savagely. I discharged them when they returned to their duty and left them to rot where it seemed their fancies took them. And you did not want their labour on the homeward passage? Nathaniel shrugged. We were fortunate in the quality of the rest of the people. Such men are not to be encouraged, Gooding put in. There are far too many of them in the merchant's service. Most, no doubt, dispossessed royalists, Faulkner added dryly. Which, he went on, brings me to the matter of your brother, Nathaniel. Henry? He is not a dispossessed royalist. Quite the contrary. Indeed. But Henry possesses the same hot righteousness. But what of him? Nathaniel stared at his father. Do you purpose to send him to sea? If so, he will not agree. He has become a danger to himself, Faulkner continued, his tone now serious. He is political, Gooding intervened, relieved of his brief mental anguish. He would have said more had Faulkner allowed him to. Your uncle is a secret admirer of his younger nephew, Faulkner explained to his son. He thinks Henry destined for a career in politics. God preserve us.
He has radical views which your father does not like, Gooding put in sharply. Nathaniel put down his glass, grinning broadly in an echo of his father's winning smile. Please, gentlemen, please desist for speaking the one for the other. Ah, said Faulkner with a laugh, looking across the table at Gooding and raising his glass in mock salutation. He has us to a likeness, Nathan. It is a besetting sin to express another's thoughts, but too often done, I fear. A presumption, I agree, responded Nathan. But why not quiz the young man himself? I hear him on the stair. Henry Faulkner burst into the room without ceremony. He was flushed and panting with exertion. He stood for a moment, his hand against the doorframe, catching his breath as the three men he'd interrupted turned at the intrusion. Quite clearly, Henry was the bearer of news.